data has always been an essential part of video game production. From player profiles to telemetry, matchmaking to leaderboards, data is crucial to making games work efficiently and effectively. On today's show, Sig Narvaez and Jim Blackhurst, two gaming industry and MongoDB veterans, sit down to talk about why MongoDB is so perfectly suited to the gaming industry. Stay tuned. Speaking of games, it's the Game Developers Conference. It's coming to San Francisco March 21st through the 25th at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, California. Visit us at booth P1561 in Center Hall. If you're going to be there, swing by the booth, say hello, mention the word podcast to get a special gift, and chat with MongoDB's leading experts in the gaming industry. That's March 21st through the 25th at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Visit gdconf.com for more information. Hope to see you there. MongoDB World is returning to New York City. Yep, MongoDB World 2022, the future runs on MongoDB. It's a conference for creators, disruptors, and transformers of tomorrow. You can register today. Head on over to mongodb.com world-2022. Join us from June 7th through the 9th for three days of announcement-packed keynotes, hands-on workshops, deep-dive technical sessions that'll give you the tools you need to build and deploy mission-critical applications at scale. We've got a special offer for you folks. There's a, a discount code, it's PODCAST. Use the code PODCAST to get 25% off the currently already discounted rate. Head on over to mongodb.com world-2022. Remember to use the code PODCAST for your special discount. Well, fellas, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. I think I'd like to start by asking you both to introduce yourselves to the audience, let folks know who you are and what you do. Sig, why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, so thanks, Mike. Thanks for having us. So I'm Sig, uh, short for Sigfrido, uh, Signal Bias, and I've been in the tech industry for, uh, well, definitely way too many years. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Baja California in Mexico, and I now live in greater LA with my wife and my two children. Uh, I've been here at MongoDB for well over six years, and I've been focusing uh, mostly on our customers that are in the media, entertainment, and gaming, both of which you know have saw have seen incredible growth, you know, in the last couple of years with the pandemic. Fantastic, and we're going to get into that. And Jim, welcome to the podcast, brother. Hey, Mike, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having us. And, and why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Let let folks know who you are and what you do. Yeah, so Jim Blackhurst, I'm an executive solutions architect at Mongo. Like SIG, I've been here about six years. Prior to joining Mongo, though, I was uh, basically did my entire career in the games industry. So I'm a, probably about a 20-year veteran of the games industry and grew up with data and data, how data works in the games industry. And a lot of the work that we've been doing is about you know trying to build new engagement systems and everything. So it's a, it's a really exciting time. And it's, uh, it's great to be involved from this side where we get to see lots of different projects going on. Yeah. So prior to coming to MongoDB, you were in the gaming industry. I'd love if you could just talk a little bit about the data. I think folks listening are, are going to be interested in in the gaming use case, and they probably already understand some of those some of those use cases and and where the data lives and what data is actually tracked. But maybe uh, Jim, if I could ask you to kind of introduce the gaming data landscape. Yeah, sure. So my background is very much in the sort of console AAA kind of game space. And it must have been probably about 15 years ago now that we started exploring what we could do with data. And essentially, you know, 
back in those days it was it was almost it was quite naive we just sort of put sort of telemetry beacons in the games for different things that would happen so you know player has died or player has picked up a health pack or player has started a new game and we would just send those to a database and very quickly we learned two lessons one of which was when you have a really successful game this equates to a denial of service attack and uh, secondly it becomes incredibly difficult to actually get any value out of doing that so a lot of the kind of thought process evolved to being okay how can we use data sensibly what can we do with data that's going to really move the needle on things like game design and you know what the games industry refers to as engagement which is like making games fun so we became a little bit more precise about things and it, it evolved into sort of online player profiles which are effectively sort of cloud save games they track things like your score or you know what health packs you've got or inventory you've got as well as kind of a more refined sort of telemetry process that allows us to see how you progress in games and then as the kind of rise of uh, what we call, you know, sort of battle royale style games, the you know the modern kind of gaming era where it's it's more about just getting in and having fun and very low barrier to entry. A lot of the emphasis on data became focused around what the players are doing and how we can keep them engaged in the game. And so we would we we use data to sort of segment audiences and to give different audiences subtly different experiences depending on what they're really interested in doing so games have become under the covers very very data driven and are they enriching that data that that comes from the actual gameplay with outside sources very yeah often you know whatever whatever's really appropriate if you're if you're looking at sort of game economies for instance you might understand um you know how players are working uh, in aggregate based on their performance in other games, other related games, and bring that data in and compare it. There's all this kind of social aspects of it. So uh, linking out to Twitch, to Instagram, to Facebook, you know, all this kind of rich data environment feeds into the game and allows you to create presence and, you know, uh, a kind of uh, a coherent sort of picture of yourself across many different platforms. So Sig, I'm curious about MongoDB in the game development space, I mean, it would seem to be a, a perfect use case just based on flexibility alone, but maybe you could talk a little bit about why MongoDB is so well suited for this space. Absolutely. I think, you know, traditionally, uh, let's say a, a game was released, let's say back in, in the era of console gaming, or maybe back in the era of cartridges, right, where the game is fairly static. And any kind of data that, that might have been required for, you know, your scores, your levels, your game design, and so on, pretty much doesn't change, right? Now, today, that's really not the case anymore. Games today are constantly changing. They're, 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 they're sort of alive, right? There's constant levels being released, new releases on mobile gaming, and, and even on console gaming as well. And every time, we might be introducing new fields, new, new data entities, new integrations, new data sources. Right now, we're seeing integration with, uh, for example, NFT, right, and blockchain, where even the game itself might be changing with artwork, with with items, or even even new levels that are produced by by outside sources. So all of that is constantly changing data that can really be uh, ingested, right, and modeled super easy with MongoDB, specifically uh, what we call the document model. And you mentioned NFTs and and blockchain. We've got an, a really exciting episode coming up with Professor Cardano. He's uh, the founder of CNFT.io. It's a, an NFT marketplace, and it's a particular interest of mine. Have you worked with any customers, either of you, uh, that are incorporating NFTs and blockchain into the gaming infrastructure? 
Yeah, I I mean definitely I have. There's it's a it's such a hot topic in the games industry at the moment. You know, everyone is trying to understand that space and work out how you know how they can create value for the players because the players want to engage with this. They want to own content and they want to be able to trade on content. So it becomes, you know, really really valuable to be able to offer that as as part of your game service. So yeah, a lot of publishers that I'm working with at the moment have got an eye on that and are trying to work out and you know, we've got a great story at MongoDB about that. Uh, MongoDB has, you know, for a long time been an underpinning technology of the blockchain revolution. And, you know, as your guest on the on future podcasts will no doubt tell you, it's, uh, MongoDB is a great platform for building that kind of content. And, you know, all of this is leading toward kind of, I, I think, one space. Uh, we're hearing the, the, the term metaverse quite a bit. Uh, have you worked with any customers kind of building into the metaverse? Not as yet, but I think it's definitely it's an you know it may be a little bit further away than than NFTs and blockchain right now, but it's definitely something that's on everyone's radar. It's you know again it's it's that piece of understanding you know what that means and how to how to you know bring that value, but also you know keeping an eye on the kind of technology choices that you're making and ensure that any technology that you choose is open enough and kind of flexible enough to incorporate these changes, uh, whatever they might look like down the line. So all of this is uh, about the gaming industry, and uh, we've got an interesting event coming up in a couple of weeks, actually less than a couple of weeks. It's the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco on March 21st through the 25th, and MongoDB is going to be there. If you're listening to this and you're planning on going to the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, be sure to swing by the booth, the MongoDB booth, and mention the word podcast. We've got a special surprise for you there. So guys, I assume you're going to go to the conference. What's happening at the conference? Mike, we are absolutely going. That you, you would not be able to stop us from going. In fact, I'm getting uh, incredibly excited about the fact that it's less than two weeks away now because it seems like we waited an age to get back into GDC in person. Yeah, it's a fabulous event. I love it. This will be my 10th GDC that I've been to. And not only do we have a booth there, as you, as you mentioned, um, but Sig and I are doing a talk. And, you know, we'll be taking the audience through MongoDB and, uh, and kind of how it works with games. How many developers or, or attendees generally attend GDC? I think the kind of peak attendance in recent years has been more than 20,000. In fact, it could have been considerably more than 20,000. Wow. But I think this year we're going for a little less than that because of, you know, there's still a lot of COVID and people are a bit concerned about travel restrictions. So it's, a, it's still a hybrid event and you can access some of the material online, but there's going to be tens of thousands of, uh, of developers there. So it's still going to be a big event. So I, I was also at GDC in 2019. I remember we had we had a booth. We had uh, Karen Wame, right, one of our developer advocates, do do a presentation as well. And that was right before the pandemic. One of the things that I really liked about GDC is obviously not just the technology, but the meeting folks in the gaming industry besides developers, right? The producers, the creators, the the writers. You know, where all all the things we love about gaming, right? The creativity comes from from uh, you know from these very talented folks, of course. And I think that's one of the things that I'm also looking for at this year, right? Not just developers, but the creative folks that, that will get to me. Yeah, there'll be some podcasters there too. <laughs> Are you going to be uh, there with us, Mike? I will. I will. I'll be doing some interviews on this on the site. We'll have the um, a little podcast booth set up. If you're listening to this and uh, you're using MongoDB and would like to talk about it, we'll be at the end of the show every day. We'll be having a chat. 
and there'll be some special sw- swag prizes for those two, those folks too that uh, that join us for conversation. So keep your eye out for the booth, the MongoDB booth. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit more about the the talk that you're uh, that you're delivering. Who is this intended for? So we titled the talk uh, "Going from Indie to AAA at AAA Games," meaning our AAA uh, studios, uh, and how you can use data to drive engagement in your games. And as as we were talking earlier, right? I think as as games have become essentially a live entity, right? That the content and the way you interact and play and the way you socialize, everything is now driven through data. And also the, the gaming studios are using that data to keep the players coming back to, to their games. Essentially, it's become like the, the time you would spend on Facebook earlier on or on Instagram or on TikTok or any other platform for that matter, or even a news industry, right? The news companies, they want you to be in their portals. The same has happening with games, right? You want the attention of the gamer, especially if it is, a, let's say, in the free-to-play market, right? Where it's the developers or, or the studios, essentially the responsibility to produce a game that produces so much content that drives that engagement back to the game constantly. And, and that's what our talk is about, right? We're going to obviously talk about how MongoDB and Atlas and our cloud platform are, is really well suited for in any, any game title, whether it's small or large, and how easy it is to, to build this, this data-driven engagement. Right? We actually have a little uh, fun demo that we built sometime last year that we've extended for for the conference and where we show exactly how you can react you know as developers to when a player is interacting with your game we call that player activity right how could you interact or or react to changes in that activity immediately and detect well you know this this player is focusing on a on b or c within the game and drive some recommendations or some in-game items or things that you might display in the game only for that player Right, based on what they're based on what they're doing. Yeah, the 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 great thing about the talk is that for the longest time, you know, dealing with data has been something that a lot of indies um, out there have been like, oh, you know what, I've got to get this done, but I'm not entirely sure how. It's such a complex space. I don't know what to do. How do I make it secure? You know, what happens if my game's success? How am I going to scale it? All these kind of really big uh, existential questions about dealing with data. I want to kind of demystify a lot of that and show that how you know with mongodb atlas we can make this single platform work across all these different use cases and just make a lot of that pain go away and so you know the the aim of the talk is to kind of you know give people that kind of roadmap or or vision for how they can get to the places they need to be to be a data-driven game with a minimal amount of you know fuss and bother and and that's the goal right make it as simple as possible to get started and to scale, give you the ability to scale. So there may be folks that are listening that are not yet advanced game developers, but want to get started. You know, let, let's talk a little bit about like the environments that are supported. What are some of the frameworks that are popular among game developers today? And how does MongoDB support them? Yeah, so I think going back to uh, decades ago, as, as we are talking earlier, console gaming, uh, arcades and so on, you know, that's how this industry started. But today mobile gaming has really taken off, right? I think in the last two years, both media streaming and and gaming, especially mobile gaming, uh, is sort of the way that we're interacting, right? And not just with a game, but also with each other. A lot of these mobile games are really social platforms for for gamers to collaborate. And, And sometimes you even want to play that game on your mobile 
uh, on your PC, on your Mac, or or other devices, right? And one of the platforms that that is very active right now is Unity. Uh, we we released a uh, an SDK for Unity. Uh, I believe it was last year when we when we when we fully GA'd it. And uh, you know we're, we're going to have actually a few demos in the booth for folks to come over, play with them, browse through code, ask some of our experts, uh, as, well, as well as the demo that we'll show in the talk was also built on Unity. And so if you're a developer, right, if you're a gamer, and you want to start, most likely you'll start uh, with Unity. Yeah, so you, you mentioned Unity, and I mean, that seems to be the most popular framework. When I work in Unity, what language am I working in? Usually C Sharp, and you know, it's, it's a first-class citizen of MongoDB, so there's no barriers there. And as Sig was saying, the, the Realm SDK for Unity just wraps up a lot of those kind of data objects and presents them in a Unity context. So it really is just trivial to, you know, start managing high scores, leaderboards, player profiles, you know, brag, chat, you know, all the kind of, you know, uh, boilerplate stuff that developers used to have to spend quite a lot of time programming the, that code themselves. You can just plug it in now. And for those for those folks that are, you know, experimenting or, or building stuff outside the Unity ecosystem, then we've got you covered as well. So there are MongoDB drivers for pretty much every major language. We support a lot of the the mobile frameworks as well. Um, and obviously, you know, kind of native support for Android and, and iOS. So really, we've spent a lot of time and energy on making sure that developers don't have to reinvent the wheel when they want to use MongoDB. Um, they can just plug it straight in and just get going. So if I'm not using Unity, what other languages are popular? So again, Unity is usually developed in C Sharp, but essentially you'll be doing Node.js, Java, Go, Rust are also languages that we're hearing a lot now. I think another thing that we we need to focus on or, 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 or place a little bit of light on in the gaming industry is the back end. Uh, we, you know, we as gamers obviously always interact with, with the game client. Right, and we think about what to do from from the visual aspect to keep me engaged. You know, when I score, when I win, when I lose, etc. But what's really driving that? You know, and I think that's a little bit of story we want to tell as well in this conference is building a backend for a game, whether it's a small game or 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 a game that could scale to a global scale, possibly even a multi-cloud game. Right, isn't that far away as as it sounds? You know, for a developer or for a gaming studio. Uh, especially now with with MongoDB Atlas and, and our and our platform, where you can run and build the the game backend and host it on one cloud provider, multiple cloud providers across them, um, and so on. Tell me a little bit about multi cloud. I know this is a capability within MongoDB Atlas, but why would it be important in the gaming context? So I, th- I think I think a a topic that is relevant there is. Uh, data locality, or maybe, or maybe the the player locality, right? In many games, especially when you're doing, let's say, online matches, and you're collaborating with many folks, you want to be in a match with folks that are near you, right? Uh, geographically, I mean, for latency reasons, uh, or or perhaps also for uh, data governance reasons, right? I think you know we always think of of games as something that's fun, but now that you know we are making purchases on games and we are you know providing some of our you know uh, personal information on the game data security also comes into play and 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 that comes along with data governance right and and, and jurisdictions and data locality and, and things like that so i think that's where multi cloud is, is super relevant you know for for gaming now uh, because i might need to keep my data in a in a particular country in a particular geo or perhaps a cloud provider doesn't have 
presence in uh, one region where I need to have, where I have gamers, right, as, as, as a gaming studio. Uh, so True Multi-Cloud gives you the capability to host a database that can live in multiple providers, AWS, Google Cloud, uh, Microsoft Azure, all at the same time. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. In fact, you know, this is bread and butter of what it means to be a distributed data platform, right? It, because we're kind of agnostic to where you want to host us. And these choices are entirely yours to make. And it depends on, you know, as Six says, there's a lot of governance related stuff around there. But also, you know, some games are better suited to different clouds than others. You might have your application stack in one cloud and maybe all your analytics stack in another cloud. So being able to share the data between clouds using a multi-cloud data platform just takes a lot of that pain of data transfer away. There are also some clouds that are better than others and things like, you know, undersea cables for, you know, low latencies, intercont you know, intercontinental low latency. This is really important in, in, you know, some of the big console games where, you know, big console Twitch games where, you know, you score something and you want that recognized on the global leaderboard within milliseconds. Choosing the right cloud provider to, to give you that capability is super important. And regional coverage is spotty across the providers, right? I mean, you've got you've got countries that are not even rep recognized or represented in uh, Microsoft Azure, but those are then represented in Google Cloud, for example. Absolutely, and and every games developer has got a story about how their game went completely, you know, supernova in in you know some far off uh, South American country or or somewhere else that no one was expecting. And you know the ability to just turn on a dime and kind of make sure that the the service that you've provisioned for people in one territory is equal to what you've provisioned for people in the US or you know Europe or something like that. It's super important, to, you know, quality of service for everyone, right? Yeah. Well, quality service. Speaking of of quality of service, you know, I guess the best possible scenario would be that you build a game and you deploy it and it is a massive success. But the toughest thing to deal with would be if you deploy a game and it becomes massively successful. Right? You, now you need to to scale. Um, maybe talk a little bit about the the scalability capabilities within MongoDB. How in what ways do we offer the developer ease of use and flexibility around scalability? I'd like to I'd like to think that the problem just goes away largely. The whole point about Mongo is that it's a scalable platform and you can, you know, define boundaries around that and you can manage that yourself, but you can also just let the system using auto scaling scale out for you to to meet whatever demands, you know, your audience's place on it. You know, I think that what's kind of the the often is not quite as given as much airtime in terms of scalability is the kind of flip side of that coin which is you've had a hugely successful game. You knew it was going to be successful, so you provisioned correctly for it. But then the game goes into the long tail. You know, is it, you know, with a lot of other systems, it becomes very difficult to start managing those costs when the player base falls off. And a lot of what it means to be an elastically scalable platform is that you can track the scale of your data platform to match what the current level of usage of your, your title is and you're not wasting resources. So you can be very, very efficient about how you spend um, the revenue from the game in the infrastructure. This is one of my favorite features of MongoDB Atlas. I mean, it came along after scalability at the disk level. Now we can scale truly across all of the resources, um, You know, even the, even the CPU. So you pick a, a low watermark, for example, maybe an M10 
with, uh, with a certain set of CPUs and disk associated with it. Then you pick a high watermark and the system itself tracks the use and the metrics and will notify you when uh, the resources are, are largely consumed and it'll automatically behind the scenes scale to the next level up until it reaches the highest. That is true auto scale. Pretty impressive. I love that feature. So Game Developers Conference, if you're listening to this and, and you're all of a sudden super excited, you can get more information at gdconf.com. That's gdconf.com. Tickets are on sale now. I think there's still a, a few days for the reduced pricing. And again, remember that MongoDB is going to be there. We'll have a booth. We'll have some, some talks. Uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement. Uh, the podcast will be there. Swing by the booth and, and have a chat with me. Folks, anything else that you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? I just, I just want to say thanks, Mike, for for letting us on the podcast today, um, and to just reiterate how thrilled I am that you know after all this long sort of twenty four months of of pretty much isolation, we get back in front of people and we can feel that buzz of the industry again because that's I think that's what a lot of games developers live for, and you know getting together, having a good time at GDC, exploring new technology, listening to what your peers are up to, you know that's what makes this industry so so wonderful to be part of. Yeah, the connections for sure. Anything from you, Sig? I completely agree. I mean, uh, I think this will be the, the the first conference we do in in two years, right? In person, uh, at least from my side. I'm super excited about uh, seeing again all, all our customers, all of our developers, and also all of the creators, right, uh, on the floor, and also visiting a lot of the the gaming studios and other folks in the expo hall. That was one of my favorite times when I was there in 2019. They had uh, <laughs> they had a uh, from from retro to today, right? A, a kind of an expo hall of how gaming has progressed throughout throughout the decades. The truth, <laughs> love it. We got some some eight bit uh, games there. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, once again, Game Developers Conference is going to be March twenty first through the twenty fifth in San Francisco. It's it's online as well as in person. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks very much, guys. Pleasure, Mike. Thanks so much, Mike. MongoDB World is returning to New York City. Yep, MongoDB World 2022, the future runs on MongoDB. It's a conference for creators, disruptors, and transformers of tomorrow. You can register today. Head on over to mongodb.com world 2022. Join us from June 7th through the 9th for three days of announcement-packed keynotes, hands-on workshops, deep dive technical sessions, that'll give you the tools you need to build and deploy mission-critical applications at scale. We've got a special offer for you folks. There's a, a discount code, it's PODCAST. Use the code PODCAST to get 25% off the currently already discounted rate. Head on over to mongodb.com world-2022. Remember to use the code PODCAST for your special discount.